I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back to In the Red Podcast. Me, you. Are you ready? You ready to go? Let's go right right now. Me, you. Uh, uh. Uh, I do want to share a couple of things really quickly right off the bat. I know we get in and I have some things to talk about today and I missed you. I know there's been a couple of weeks where I've not done a podcast and we'll talk about that because I have a way of doing things that challenges what other people do. And I know, but first I got to ask you a couple of things. You, you're supposed to be a part of this thing. It's not just me. This is a, a we thing, right? This is a relationship. You're here. I'm here. We need each other. I need you. Yes. I need you now tonight. Sorry, sorry. We're going to go into song today. You know it. If you saw the title of this podcast episode, you know at some point I'm going to sing. And I didn't realize I was going to go this early, but we're here. Me, you, let's go. But I need you to do these things. Follow, download, review. I know it's just podcast rhetoric, but I really need you to be a part of this thing. Follow it, please, please, please. That way you'll know when a new uh, new episode drops, whenever that is, because as you know, over the last two weeks, I didn't do one and you're like, oh, I guess he's not doing it. I am doing it, but I was on a bit of a break, okay? I, I was on a break. I had to go, on a fa- I didn't have to. I got to go on a family vacation. Uh, so I took some time off and I want to be real with you. I, I'm not going to record 10 episodes so I can rehab it. I know that goes against everything. And they're like, you should have a lot saved up. Why? I want you to be in a space with me right here, right now. I'm in this seat. I'm talking to you based on where I'm at. If I took two weeks off, then I'm just going to start talking and say, hey, I'm taking two weeks off because I'm going on vacation. So you'll know my life and how we're really doing things because I really want to speak to you in the moment. I want to be where I'm at. I don't want some pre-recorded stuff. I want to be real. And I know that's different. That hurts your feelings. I'm sorry. You're not going to get content every week. I'm going to do my best. But just like in the church I'm a pastor in, I'm not here every week. I am here the majority of the 52 weeks out of the year. But if I take a week off, they're going to hear somebody else. Maybe sometimes I'll get somebody else on here. Other times, maybe I won't. Maybe that just builds the uh, intrigue about how the vacation was or whatever I went to. Okay? So that's just kind of the where we're at. I know. It's a thing. Love me or hate me. That's just who I am. But I need you to follow me so you'll know when one does drop. Second, I need you to download. And I know I don't need to download it. Yes, you do. But I have a phone that has instant data and I can get it anywhere. Downloading. And the next thing I'm going to ask you to do, review, does add some value. Somebody somewhere looks at the number of downloads, looks at the reviews on this podcast and says, is it really good? Is it making a difference? Is it worth my time? So you quickly, simply 
simply clicking download and leaving a, just a quick review on what this podcast has meant to you opens the door for somebody else to share in this conversation and to be upset when I take a week off, or I hope you don't. Well, let's get to it, all right? So I did take uh, two weeks off. Life was busy. Me and my family went to the most magical place on earth. Oh, Lord. The lines. God bless Disney World. Oh, I'm telling you, it, it's amazing in every sense of the word. The experience is so, so cool. Um, I ate too much of everything, and but the lines are something to behold. What I am thankful for that is I love my family, and we get to spend quality time even in the lines, even in the car driving down. Like it was not, hey, let's jump in the plane and make it the quickest trip there and the trip is quick, quick, here we go. Quickest trip back. No, it was really spending quality time in every sense of the word in the car on the way down there. Even when we get uh, tired of each other and say, okay, put on your headphones and um, let's get disconnected for a minute so we can get some sanity back and then right back at it. Standing in lines for up to two hours for a ride, God bless it. Um, but playing the most simplest of games, whatever they may be, sharing that time together. It's important. If you don't do that, we can get really bad in American culture of trying to do the quickest thing, the quickest meals, the quickest trip here. And we refuse to really dwell in the moment. It's important. Those moments with your kids of sitting at the table and even though you're done eating and maybe one of them, because I have one of them that takes forever to eat. And there have been times, we're not perfect, that we've all left her at the table to eat on her own. But seeing the importance of, you know what, I'm done eating. I'm usually the first eating. I spent 21 years in the military and, and Navy life. If you sit down to eat, it's not guaranteed that you'll get finished, that life doesn't happen and you get pulled out really quickly. So I learned to eat really quickly, and then I just sit around and talk. So I carry that over my house now. I'm usually the first one done eating, but that just gives me an opportunity to begin to talk uh, to the family, share, and how was your day, all of those moments. So being intentional with your time, that's not even on this episode. That's bonus um, content. I hope you enjoyed it, but I hope it challenged you because we stood in those lines and we played the games. We played the uh, heads up game on your phone. It's an easy download. It's charades. And you look like a bunch of idiots when people are watching you and you laugh about it. But it was a really amazing time. And that was my reason for the time off. But I'm back, uh, as you can tell, because we're talking again. And I want to talk about something. So we have a day bearing down on us. This will probably be released on Thursday. Um, which means that less than a week away is Valentine's Day. Yeah, I know, guys. Oof. Talk about a moment where we just feel inadequate, right? Can my overthinkers in the room raise your hands high uh, in the air like for the first time in your life you really don't care? But we both know that we think too much to, for that statement to be true, right? I struggle in Valentine's Day. Oh, man, do I ever. Uh, I'll be honest with you, and I had to tell my wife this. There was times where I would get her a gift, or there were times throughout the year and I didn't get her something, and I knew I should have. But I would go into a store, and in my overthinking, I would literally stand there with something in my hand, like, would she like this? Would she not like? Is it the right size? Do I need to get this? Is it enough? Is it not enough? All the things. And I've walked out of a store after holding items that she probably would have enjoyed, 
but placing them back on the rack because of fear of, well, I don't think it's good enough, or what if she don't like it, or what if it don't fit her? So in my overthinking, I just walk out with nothing. And then I have to give her this, baby, I love you. If you knew how much time I spent not getting you a gift, oh, you would realize that is more valuable than whatever gift I could have bought you. It usually doesn't fly, honestly. Like she's like, oh, okay, God bless you. I just love you that much too. But it realistically is bad. Like I struggle even in the like deodorant aisle. And you're thinking, oh, how how hard is that? Well, when you start hearing studies that say the deodorant you use is if you use it too many times, uh, then your body goes numb to it and you're eventually going to start stinking again. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, is this, have I used this too many times? Do I need to go to another brand? Do I need to go to another scent? Um, if I get this scent, it's new. Well, Morgan like this because sometimes scents drive her weird. It's like, Ugh, I want to get something that she's going to like because realistically, I could care less what scent my armpits smell like as long as they smell good good um so i worry about her it's the same way with cologne like i could care less what my cologne smells like as long as it smells appealing good but i really care for her like you're the one that's got to put up with me like do you like this cologne does it smell good i'll ask those questions um i bought a beard oil those of you that are not visually were here with me and have not seen a picture of me i have a very majestic beard well and God gave me this to do with the balding head that I don't have hair on top. So it's really a blessing and a curse all at once. But I can remember a couple of years back, I got this beard uh, oil conditioner and it smelled like peppermint hot chocolate. Wow. Doesn't that sound amazing that if you just smelled that all day long and I put it on and she's like, oh, I love that. 15 minutes later, she comes in for a kiss. She goes, I hate that. Something happened in a 15-minute span, and it did not smell like it did originally. It lost its smell really quickly and smelled kind of, I don't know, flat or something. So you have to be careful with all these things. I told you I'm an overthinker, and I just took you through ooh, a lot of different hallways in my head. Now you kind of know if this is your first time on the podcast with me, what kind of podcast this is. It's just real. I'm just going to carry you through where I'm at and what I'm going through and what I've gone through, because I think a lot of you are the same way. And yes, I did say I'm a pastor. So I'm always going to connect it back to Jesus as well, because I think that's important. But what you'll find, and I hope anyways, is what I'm going to talk about today is I hope through conversations, I hope through sharing um, what I believe to be truth and more importantly, how I share these things that you're going to experience who Jesus really is and that I'm not telling you about somebody, but doing it in a manner that you have zero desire to ever know more about. Cause that's generally what happens, right? We see a lot of people who are, I'm going to put quotations up for those of you out there that can't see this. Just know that physically I'm doing the quotation marks with my hands that are Christians that you couldn't tell if, if you were, had a gun to your head and said, pick the Christians out, it would be hard. Now, if you've ever served as a waitress before, uh, you know what I'm talking about, especially in a, I came from a small backwoods Arkansas town. And every Sunday night when we got out of church, yeah, we went to church twice on Sunday. When we got out of church on Sunday, we would go out after church. And when you hear the stories from waitresses and the most hated shift is Sunday nights, 
because a lot of Christians that come out and they're all their Sunday best, got their suits and their dresses and looking like they're dressed in line and looking like they've just been with Jesus for two hours, have the innate inability to tip. Wow, it got really quiet here really quick, right? Oh, as a Christian, I'm not called to tip. I give my 10% to church. Yeah, you know what that says to somebody who's working for minimum wage, who's doing everything they can to serve you the best? You don't have to, but why wouldn't you? It. My wife served in uh, the waitressing and things like that before we got married. So it's been a standard in my home. 20% is the standard. Like, you got to really mess up to get anything less than that. But there's times that she's like, just give her more. Just give him more. Bless him. Put on there, I see you. God sees you. God bless you. God loves you. And throw a little extra in there. Well, that's not scripture. That's not. No, it's not. But it's doing something different. It's being different. Like So we're getting into this Valentine's Day season. I told you there's a point. And the title of this episode was, I want to know what love is. There's a scripture in the Bible. I'm, I can't remember exactly where it is now, but it says it. Just trust me. I believe it's in uh, the first letter from John, First John. And it says this, and you've probably heard this if you've heard any amount of scripture before, but it's simply the three words, God is love. It's pretty simple, right? But now let's think about the narrative you've been given based on what you've been told about God or what you've experienced through these Christians I'm talking about. God bless them. I love these Christians, but they need just as much help as anybody does. I've been at times one of these Christians, and I still struggle because it's life. We get busy in all the things, and we love to say we're a Christian. I love to say I'm a pastor. I really don't love to say that. If you know me, uh, it's probably the last thing I'll say about myself. But um then when you say it or you're, people know it and you have a, a short moment and you don't do what you're supposed to, and you, you, jump, you, know, you get a little angry or whatever it may be, suddenly you represent Christ in that moment. And that, we have to understand the impact that we have in his name sometimes is so broken. So we need grace. The people out there need to give us grace. But guess what? You can't expect grace from them if you're not giving it to them. That's a, a whole nother sermon. But I want to get back to this God is love, because if that's truly who God is, then we have to understand what that means. And if we are called to be Christians, Christ-like followers of Christ, and Jesus Christ was God on earth, then he was love. So if we're called to follow him, then we're walking in love. It's the manner we should encounter people. Because guess what? If you're not loved, if you think about this from a perspective of a child, if you were raised in a home where you are not loved, you are not valued, and you get around somebody, a friend, when you were a kid and you got invited over to their house, and suddenly you walk in and the atmosphere, atmosphere is drastically different. And instantly... You see the other kid and their family and you feel, wow, that kid's loved. And you begin to see in your heart, man, I wish I had that at home. But then you find that every time you're there, even though it's not your home, it's not your parents, it's not your family, you feel loved as a result of the love that's harvested in that home. It's become the culture of the home. 
So you want to spend more time there. I can remember back, my my family was this way. My my parents, you know, being pastors and didn't always get it right. But when my friends would love to come over to my house, my parents um, really had a, an, a culture of love in our home. I, I never remember a moment where it was awkward to see my mom and dad have an opening, open displays of affection. And I know that may be weird for you. Um, my wife come from a home that that didn't happen much. So it's even a struggle in our own marriage that, you know, I, I'm it's I just love to come up, grab her and squeeze her and kiss her. And I want my kids to see that. But it was because I saw my mom and dad do that. And it, it wasn't awkward. They're not uh, getting gropey uh, all in the with the kids around. But there was no doubt in the actions that my dad took towards my mom and the simplest of most things. And it's not all about the acts of or the public displays of affection. That's not it. But those are a result of the love experience. Like if you don't have love for them, really, then you won't have those public displays. displays. Now there's a time and a place for it. I get it. I get it. But I want to get back to the, the the title of this, and it comes from a song. If you're not an 80s rock person, then you won't know where I'm coming from this, but that's kind of the way my mind goes. When I begin to think about things, and 80s rock's lyrics are usually where my head dwells, and it, there's sermons that I've uh, got up and preached, and I, I think I sang Every Rose Has a Thorn by Poison one day to demonstrate that even the most beautifulest things have thorns if we're not careful with them. And love can be that thing. Like, But the song I want to give to you today <clears throat> is Foreigner. I want to know what love is, and I want you to show me. That's how the lyrics go. And there's something I do quite often to challenge people, especially marriages, people who are struggling in their marriage or feel unseen or unheard or unvalued amongst each other. But if I ask them, I guarantee most times they say these three words all the time. It's commonplace. I love you. Like think about the amount of times you say I love you if you're married to your spouse each day. And when they leave in the mornings or you leave in the morning, when they come uh, back home and when before you go to bed, it becomes a just a frequent statement. And there's certain times in the day that it's almost not even expected. It's just required. I can remember I left early for work one morning and I didn't want to wake Morgan up. And when she finally woke up, she's like, um, why didn't you wake me up and kiss me and tell me you love me? I'm like, I didn't want to disturb you. And she said, that's more important than disturbing me. Now, I know when I woke her up, if I would have woke her up, there would have been a, Ooh. but in that moment, she needed to hear those words. So back to challenging uh, people and mindsets, like in a marriage, you say, I love you all the time, but something has occurred and you don't feel loved. So I challenge people and I challenge you over this, we lead up to Valentine's Day and be careful with this because if there is a requirement in your home that you say these three words, if you stop saying these three words, then they may be checking your emails or your text to see who you're giving those three words to, because there's an expectation if you're not giving it to them, then you're handing it out somewhere else. But that may not be true. But have a conversation, because this really is a challenge that you don't get to do by yourself. It is a conversation between the two of you. And it starts with a question. If you never told your spouse, I love you again, would they know without a shadow of a doubt that you love them? 
Think about that for a minute. Like if I didn't say it, if I just stopped, if I could no longer say those three words, I love you. At the end of the day, when my wife laid her head on the pillow, would she go to bed knowing that she is loved? It really requires you to go to a different level at that point. It's not in what you say, it's what you do. See, I believe this is where we've missed it as the church. We love to say a lot of things, but it's how we say it. It's what we do with our life that demonstrates so much more. There's a group of people out there that really don't know what true love is. They don't know what grace is, and we use that word often. Oh, Jesus wants to give you grace. Yeah, he does, but he wants to give it through your life. Like you are the grace that Jesus sends to people who don't know him. Have you ever thought about that? And it's not Jesus wants to give you grace. Don't tell them. Give them grace. When that waitress is struggling because you don't know what's going on in her life. You don't know about the kids she has at home that she's worried about because he's sick. And she's working a late shift and especially on a Sunday night when they know the tips aren't going to be there. And she seems a little short. And you say, well, I'm just not going to tip her at all. What kind of grace is that? I want to know what love is, and I want you to show me. What if there's a world out there saying, I want to know who Jesus is, and I want you to show me? Hmm. And it's kind of different, doesn't it? What if the church was muted, could never say another word? But through our actions alone, this world would know that there is a Savior who came and died for them because he loves them like no other. That he gave grace or unmerited favor to a level that they'll never deserve simply because he loves them. I want to share this scripture with you. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, chapter 13, verse 4. We call chapter 13 the love chapter because the Apostle Paul talks a lot about this. I read this scripture at weddings quite often, but I do a little something different. I challenge you in this place, if you want to know what this looks like of, of living a life where you didn't have to say I love you anymore, what that really looks like, what it entails. Do I have to go buy them roses every day? Do I have to go buy them a new car? or what? How do I tell them I love them? I'm going to demonstrate how. If you as a Christian want to know how you demonstrate love to a world around you, I'm going to show you how. As I read this passage of scripture, I want you to replace your name wherever I say love. I think that makes sense, right? When I say love is, I want you to put your name is. Like for me, it'd be Anthony is. If I want to be loved, then this is what I have to be. Here is the definition of love. I'm a definitions guy. And Paul does an amazing job of demonstrating if we want to be like God, who is love, and we want to walk it out like Jesus did, then this is how we do it. First Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes 
all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The very next three words in the verse next to it is love never ends. I would challenge you today in the season of Valentine's Day, in your home, in your family, in your marriage, and with your girlfriend or boyfriend, am I living a life that demonstrates the words I say? If I say I love you, does my life also say the same thing? Am I only confirming what they already know? As a Christian, am I confirming to the world around me when I say God is love, when I say Jesus loves you, am I confirming my actions with those words? People will watch you before they ever listen to you. If they can't trust who you are, they won't trust what you say. God bless you. I hope you have an amazing day. I hope your Valentine's Day is great. Don't overthink it. Listen, boys. She's telling you what she wants. I've learned that lesson the hard way. And if nothing else, let them know that they are loved with everything you do. Let a world know that there's a God who loves them. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Let's go. Let's go.